We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome into this episode of Tapping the Plate, all part of the 435 Podcast Network. Here for 610 Sports Radio. Make sure to like, subscribe, let us know what you think of the podcast. We were supposed to do this our first episode a couple weeks ago, and then travel and all the things kind of got in the way, but Hunter Dozier's agreed to come on and be our first uh, player to kind of go through the process a little bit. Hunter, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for having me on. No, of course. You know, there's there's so much you know going on for you right now playing-wise, and there's so much I want to get into. Um, but when you when you envision like the start of the season and you'd had those couple of injuries before you you got up, and then when you did get up, a couple more injuries that kind of like slowed things down for you. But even you, I mean, uber confident people sometimes don't expect it to come this easy sometimes in baseball, right? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not coming easy. Baseball, I don't think anything comes easy for anyone unless you're maybe Mike Trout. But uh, <laughs> um, you have a higher OPS than him right now. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I my name and his name, you can't even put in the same sentence. That guy's, in my opinion, he'll go down as the best, best player to ever play this game. But, yeah. When you're, when you're going through this, you know, like every part of the stage to go through this, what do you think was like that biggest leap for you to, to get where you are now? Like, you know, what was the small thing you changed or what was the mentality or comfort? Like, what was that kind of like big leap for you? to kind of get where you are now, just comfort-wise, you know, in the bigs? I think I think it goes back to 2015. Because um, in college, I never really struggled. Um, and then first couple years of pro ball, I had some good years. And then 2015, um, I had my worst year I've ever had. I hit 213 or something all the whole year in AA. And the year before, I was in half the year in AA. Um, so I, I was thinking going into 2015, I was thinking, Hey, like maybe I'll be here for a month or two and then get called to triple A and then maybe get called up, whatever. Well, that didn't happen at all. That was, that was the worst year I've ever had. But then I look back at 2015 and it actually probably helped me out more than all my good seasons because I learned how to deal with failure. Um, during that whole year, I was thinking so much about mechanics, um, I wasn't even competing in the box. I wasn't competing at third base. Baseball wasn't fun for me. I would go home and I would, you know, try to think of ways of how I can get things rolling, which is natural, but how how can I get back on track and everything? It was just eating me up. And um, I went through a whole season of that, and it was tough. It was really, really tough. I still believed in me, but, I mean, when you have a year like that, it's like, man, what what do I need to do to get back going? And But going through that, I learned – how to deal with failure, and that's something that I feel is really important in any sport. Did you change anything about your game then? like, Or was it just this was just a rough time? Did you change things about like the way that you approached it? Like You, you seem so level. Like It's hard to imagine you getting down, right? We even talked at the beginning of the season to be like, oh, slow week of baseball. It doesn't seem like that really knocked you down. Did it change your like mentality? Too? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was, I was down in 2015. I mean, Vance Wilson, our bullpen coach, he was our manager and he, 
I mean, he, he saw me. He had to get on me a couple times because I was just like, I wasn't competing. I was thinking so much. Um, and, you know, I learned how to deal with that after that season. And so when, you know, and I ended up having probably my best year in 2016. And I was able to kind of go into spring training saying, okay, like, I'm confident in who I am as a player. And, you know, if I do start failing again, I'm not going to think about mechanics. Like, that offseason after 2015, I changed some stuff mechanically. Um, I needed to improve on some stuff. And once I did that, once I felt good, then I was like, okay, from here, going into spring training, I'm just going to get back to competing, thinking like a simple, simple thoughts and stuff in the box. And I had a good spring training on the minor league side. I don't think I had a good spring training in the big league side, but I continued, you know, the process and ended up having a really good start in 2016. Got called AAA and just kind of continued through it and then ended up getting called up here in 2016. But there was times in that season where, you know, I didn't hit really well for a week or something, but I was able to, you know, still be confident in my swing and who I was as a player where maybe the year before I would struggle for a week and I would, start thinking, okay, I need to change something. Were there guys you leaned on for that? Like when you were coming up, you mentioned Vance Wilson, and I know you and Ryan O'Hearn have always pushed each other, but you were going through that and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to think about these things mechanically. It, there are players that or coaches or managers that you went through during that time that, that you really relied on to kind of help you get through that, you know, through that stage. I, I mean, I know I mentioned Vance, and I, he, I would say he was the number one guy. Yeah. I mean, he is, I mean – one of the best managers I've ever played for. He he knows how to push players the right way, and I mean he stayed on me all year, and he's you know kept pushing me, kept pushing me. Now you get to see him now, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every day it's and great. I, yeah, and I owe a lot to him. Um, I was with him for parts of three years, and uh, you know he really helped me during those tough times. You got so much else going on besides base. You know, like baseball is obviously the thing people identify you with, and it's what is able to help you kind of reach out to others. I know going into the season. You were kind of looking for something to start giving back, and Big Brothers and Big Sisters became that opportunity as there wasn't somebody on the Royals at this time, right, that was kind of regularly handling that group. When you were approached or when you approached them, just, you know, what was your motivation, like them in particular? Why, why that group versus other, you know, because there are plenty of groups you can help, certainly. Why did that group kind of stick out to you as somebody you wanted to be with? Well, I met with them when we came up um, this off season for FanFest, and I'm sat down with them and I just listened to, you know, what their organization's all about. And I kind of knew, but they went into more details and it kind of hit home for me. Um, you know, I grew up in a household that I had a mom and a dad and my, you know, both parents were very supportive, pushed me. Um, and you know, they're people I look up to and I still reach out for, for advice today. And for kids that, you know, don't have that, don't have a mom or a dad to be able to look up to, to be able to have that guidance from, I mean, I can't imagine what what they have to go through um, when they don't have that, you know, guidance or someone that they can look up to. So, I mean, the organization providing those kids with bigs and sisters, um, big brothers and big sisters, I mean, that's something that, I mean, when I met them, when they came a couple of weeks ago out to the field and I saw them with their big brothers or big sisters, I mean, it's, it was really cool. I mean, their connection, their chemistry, and it was really cool. It reminded me of like me and my big brother and me and my dad going to a baseball game or something. It's, it's just really cool. And it, um, I just wanted to help them out in any ways I can. Does it make you think, because obviously that's a great partnership and you can help like 
you can help promote something so that people want to become bigs, um, brothers or sisters in this moment. Does it make you think about your own parenting? You're, you're new to it, right? You've only got a two-year-old, but when you see these relationships and just looking back at like how you grew up with your dad and then you see how different people handle different circumstances, think about your own parenting in that case? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it makes me want to love all my kids even more. I got one. I got one on the way, but it makes me want to, you know, be there for them. You can love the one more. on the way too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it makes me want to be there for them even more. I mean, my parents were always like that. Um, they were always so loving and, you know, anything I needed, they were there. Um, and it makes me want to be an even better parent because knowing kids don't have that out there is, is really sad, but this organization allows kids to have somebody in their life like that. Remind me, your second kid, your first one is a boy. Yep. Because I've seen, I saw you and him watching the Stars game on Instagram. The other day, <laughs> oh, right? yeah. So uh, your next, is it also a boy or are you expecting a girl this time? A girl. Oh, a girl. So yep. one of each. One of each. Uh, nervous at all about the girl? I had a girl first and then a boy, so I guess a little bit different. You nervous at all about how to handle a girl versus a boy? Uh, I don't think so. I'll, I think I'll be nervous when she gets in her teens. I, that's what I keep hearing. I heard it's the best uh, until they get to their teens. But no, um, we're we're so excited, and uh, uh, our little Bodie, he's going to be a really good bro- big brother. So uh, we're excited to see there. I know you can relate, so this is an easy way to have a fun conversation about it. Um, your son's about two, right? Yeah, he'll turn two in three months. Okay, so my daughter is uh, two and a half, a little over, like two and eight months. Is there a certain? I was just, I was so curious because anytime we have these conversations with parents, it's funny because the answer is different, but there's always an answer. Just in, indulge me a little bit. What's the show that they like the most, or song that if you never had to hear again, you'd be okay with? <laughs> like, there's got to be like Paw Patrol or something. Like, I don't know what it is for you, but what's the one that if you could let go, if you'd forget about it, you'd be okay? Uh, right now, I mean, the he doesn't really watch too much TV. Like, we'll sure. have it on. He'll sit down and watch it for maybe two or three minutes and he's off running around playing or wants to go outside or something sure uh, or chasing our dogs around but um uh sometimes the only way we can get him to stay still while we're changing him is put on let him grab my phone and watch baby shark just for the two minute <laughs> yeah. bit, little video oh, yeah. and then when we're done of course he wants to watch it again but he gets over it pretty quick but if he could just let me change him without having to put that on that would be really nice so probably baby shark or one of the nursery rhymes yeah you're working through it baby yeah. shark oh, yeah. is a very popular one it is and you know at first i was like hey, i don't mind it but once you hear it a couple times a day it's like oh all right i think the problem is is like the second you say those two words now the two of us are going to have that song stuck in our head exactly for like the rest of the day now oh, that's yeah, for sure that's it's in it's in my head all day every day <laughs> That's just locked in for sure. Yeah. When you were, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about your son and kind of his love for baseball here early. Um, is that something, you know, like you really want to, you know, because you want kids to have the same interest as you, but also you want them to be able to like take it up naturally and kind of enjoy it themselves. And I'm sure you're a kid who just loved playing baseball. Did he pick it up quickly? You know, just be like, I, you know, you play it. So he wanted to play it. Was it that simple for him? Yeah. I think he just, I mean, I, when I'm at home, I, I'm always, you know, swinging a bat or something or, sure. you know, playing with him. So he sees and we watch baseball or we watch hockey or basketball, or golf, or whatever. And he, he's very observant. So whatever he sees people do, he wants to do it. And um, he just, you know, it's I'm not going to push baseball on him. I mean, I would love for him to play baseball, and he probably will because he seems to enjoy it now. But, sure. like, um, I'm not going to push it on him. Uh, he just – you know, I got his. I got him his first little glove the other day, and he like won't take it off. He'll, <laughs> he wants to sleep with it. Um, 
he loves hitting the ball off the tee, but he loves he loves swinging the golf clubs, um, playing basketball, hitting the soccer ball. I mean, he loves he loves all of it. So whatever he's really interested in, um, you know, I'll, I'm all for. What sport? So I know that you're a big Stars fan because you've been like on Instagram or Twitter. You know, like you're talking about watching the games. You post pictures about watching them. Was that kind of your second love sport? Like, if you weren't a baseball player, would hockey have been the the route you had gone? That's that was my first love sport. Okay. Yeah, it's. Uh, I grew up playing ice hockey, not for very long, just because I had to make a choice when I was, I think, about to go into high school. Um, either I, you know, stuck with hockey full time, or I was able to play baseball, basketball, football. Sure. Um, but I, I've always loved hockey from when I was really young. Um, been a Stars fan my whole life. And um, it's just something I really enjoy. I could sit down and watch a hockey game. I don't think I can sit down and watch a baseball game, uh, <laughs> probably because I'm in playing baseball every day. But um, yeah, hockey, golf, those are my those are my big sports outside of baseball. Like when you're a kid, you obviously idolize the players that play it, and you're a big Stars fan. Now as an adult, have you had a chance to like meet and be around some of the Stars players and get to know them? I guess now. Having like maybe that relationship since you're down in Texas in the off season and such, right? No, I've never met any of them. Um, you know, me and my wife will go to you know we'll go to games in the off season and stuff. Um, but no, I've never had a chance to meet them or. or anything. You just gonna but, keep being a, a separate fan. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I would love to, uh, love to have that opportunity, but um, I just really enjoy the you know the sport and a huge Stars fan, and it's playoff time right now, so it's exciting. When um. When you're just going back, like any time, you know, you try to figure out, like you said, in 15 and you get down on yourself and you think, is this going to work out for me? Separate from the sports thing, you know, what what were some of the interests you had that maybe you'd have gotten into if you weren't into baseball? Like, are there jobs that you thought, well, that's, you know, if baseball didn't work out. That's probably what I would have done. Or if you not even had the time to think about that because baseball takes up, you know, so much time just trying to be good at that. Yeah, I mean, in college, I didn't know if I was going to get drafted. I wanted to. Um, I went to Stephen F. Austin, smaller D1 down in Texas. And, I mean, I didn't know if I was going to get drafted. I didn't know what my path was going to – how it was going to take me. So I went to Stephen F. Austin, and I got into kinesiology. And I wanted to be – at the time, I was like, it would be really cool if I was a strength coach for, you know, a professional team. Sure. Um, I was thinking baseball or hockey or, you know, football or anything. Um, so I was kind of going down that route. And then baseball kind of started, you know, clicking and stuff and working out for me. And um, the strength conditioning side of it started kind of getting put on the back burner because I was, you know, focusing. Performing well in baseball. Yeah. To, but the, obviously you're not like you're in pretty good shape. So obviously the gym part of it still matters to you, you know, quite a bit, I guess. In just going through those studies, have you continued some of that stuff in the interest of like being particular about the way you work out. We talk about this with Gordon all the time. But I imagine you've got a system in place of your own that you really like to kind of keep down, don't you? Like, if you had a background like that and, you know, trying to stay healthy for baseball purposes. Yeah, for sure. I love the weight room. I mean, um, when I first – I think I really started working out when I was in college. Um, That I kind of fell in love with the weight room um, during college. And then when I got drafted – uh, they, the front office was on me all the time. Like, get out of the weight room, get out of the weight room. Don't do, don't do that much weight. You know, you're doing too much. They had to tell the strength coaches when I was coming up, Hey, don't, don't allow them to do certain things. Um, 
so they've kind of had a hold on me with the weight room kind of pulling sure. me back. But, um, you know, as I've gotten older and stuff and I've been able to kind of figure out what works best for me in the gym and stuff, I'm a guy that I like to, I like to work out every other day, three to four times a week. I'm dependent on travel. Um, but, yeah, it's it's really important to me because I feel like every time I go in there, I'm improving. I'm staying healthy. Um, and I just really enjoy working out. We talked about – you know, with with Alex, there was like a whole big deal made when they when the Royals won the World Series that he'd had his first pizza pizza in like twelve years. Are you that too, or do you actually have vices? Will you eat a candy bar? Will you eat a piece of pizza? Do you do you indulge in any? Do you have, I guess, a sweet tooth in any capacity here? I don't have a sweet tooth. Um, okay, I'm I'm not big on like cookies, cake, brownies. I don't really crave that. I do crave pizza. Okay. Um, salty things but uh yeah no I'll, I'll definitely have my cheat meals i mean me me and my wife will will have our pizza night once a week um i try to eat healthy as healthy as i can throughout the week but um if there's something really good i can't pass up on i won't you just um i guess i mentioned that because like you seem like we were talking a little bit like you're a very level guy are there things that get like is there something that you get and not angry necessarily but like what gets you riled up right you're always you're here right you always feel like you're a two which not a bad thing. You just you're very calm, very collected. Is there something that kind of gets you going in a way that you're like, all right, there's seven rated Hunter Dozier, or is it you know gambling on the golf course? Is it poker? Is it is there anything you do that you know brings out the competitive edge where people see it visibly all the time? No, probably the golf course. Uh, I play a lot with some buddies back home in the off season, and it's not fun when you're struggling out there. Um, <laughs> It's not fair. They get to play the entire time. You're not. Yeah. Well, one's in. One's playing okay. baseball, and the other one's not. But uh, yeah. I mean, golf course. I mean, I think everyone gets frustrated on the golf course. Uh, you know, that's one of my passions. That I fell in love with when I got drafted. Um, everyone was playing golf, so I was like, man, I need to learn how to play this game. Um, but yeah, I definitely. If if it's not going well on the golf course, you're like, gosh, darn it! Like, <laughs> you get frustrated. You want to throw the club. You want to break the club for sure. Uh, how are you, by the way? What's your handicap? Uh, right now, I think I'm like a 5.8. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. For a guy, you're like, I better pick up golf, and then you're just a 5.8? Yeah, you know, We don't all, right. all have that. I'm know, all right. Or do you feel, uh, you know, I've asked this to athletes before, and some will be like, yeah, of course, and some are like, no, some things are easier than others. Are you that, are you that friend in the group that picks up anything fairly easily? Like, are you better at us in ping pong, darts? Golf, like, do you win most of the things you play that, you know, pick up skilled things quickly, I suppose? Bowling, whatever. Uh, I, it's okay to admit it. I Yeah, I think I do pick up on things pretty – I mean, I'm not – I feel like I'm never the best at it, but I'm always pretty good at it. Like, I have some really good buddies that are really good ping pong players, but I'll, like, hang in there with them. I don't play a lot of ping pong or darts or golf and stuff like that. It's like I pick up on things pretty pretty quick. When you were going back, you you mentioned you know your first love was hockey, and then you you got to a decision point where hockey was either going to take up all your time or it was going to be baseball, football, basketball. You go back to high school football, and then you stop playing you know late in high school because of an injury. Was it was it just because baseball started to become the path for you, or were you worried about the injury ramifications of that sport in particular? Like just when you were deciding between those sports and what to focus on, you know what what kind of took football out of the picture for you? Because you were really good, obviously, at both. Well, I actually I finished out playing okay. football. I yeah, I so I got I uh basically shattered my collarbone my last game of my junior year rehab, missed all the junior year of baseball. 
Um, and then I played my senior year. Sure. Um, quarterback. So yeah, I finished it out. I loved football. Um, it was just a thing where, I mean, we, we had, I'd started on varsity for three years at my high school and we won one game. Um, we just, they opened up a new high school. Texas is tough. It is tough. Yeah. They opened up a new high school and didn't. And, um, so there was three high schools and they allowed free transfers. So everyone at my school transferred over to the new high school and left us with no one. And I wanted to stay. I could have went to the new school, but I wanted to stay because that's where my parents went. That's where my brother went. That's where we were zoned to go. Um, yeah, I just stuck it out, but it kind of, football taught me a lot of lessons too. I mean, it taught me, you know, how to be a leader, um, how to you really never quit because I could have easily quit. I was getting killed back there. I mean, it was it was tough, but I loved it. When you were, you know, for that, did you think about, like, did you get offers in college for that? Was that a path you considered beyond baseball too? Yeah, for sure. I definitely wanted to play football. I didn't get, you know, I didn't get really any offers for baseball except for Stephen F. Austin. Um, I got a couple looks in football. Like more so, like hey, you can walk on, sure, or come come visit us, like U of H. Certainly look like you could be a tight end, right? I mean, you play quarterback. But... <laughs> well, I, I didn't look like th- I didn't look like this. In no, okay, I was <laughs> a little shorter and really skinny, but um, yeah, I didn't have I didn't have too many looks. Um, a couple of small smaller schools, but um, those those years were tough on me in football, and I just I kind of just wanted to focus on baseball. I mean, it kind of feels like a little bit of the the full circle, like the attrition it takes to just go through a football season knowing that's going to happen and talking back earlier we were talking about 2015 in baseball it's like sometimes you just kind of have to like ride through what is a very difficult time of playing for sure to kind you, of do that yeah you learn a lot of stuff through adversity when um we, we were actually having this conversation the other day so it's fun at least to joke we were asking uh sam ellinger and i of the kent city star were having the conversation of what position mondesi would have played in football would you i mean first the speed alone makes it fun so I think people were thinking wide receiver, but corner seems to play too, right? He feels like he could he's athletic enough to have played football, right? Oh, for sure. I, I picture him as a slot receiver. Um yeah, he can fly. When you um when you got up to the bigs and you kind of you know, you get that relationship with Ned and a new manager, you mentioned it with Vance Nell, uh, Vance Wilson. How hard is it to kind of get a feel for like a new clubhouse when you finally make it up? Because you're trying to battle that proving you belong here, but also not trying to rub people you know, like how hard is that that original transition for you when you came up to the big leagues? For anybody who might come up this year, right? Kelvin Gutierrez just gets the yeah. call up. How hard is it to make that original transition kind of into the big leagues for guys who haven't done it before or or guys that might be doing it soon? Um, well, I'll say when I got called up in 16, um, we had guys, you know, Moose, Haas, Gordon, Kane, um, Dyson, I mean, Salvi. All those guys, they they well they did such a good job with the rookies. I mean, they they welcome the new guys, you know, with open arms. I mean, I never felt when I stepped in that clubhouse in 2016, I never felt like I wasn't supposed to be there or I was doing something wrong or stepping over someone's boundaries. I mean, they just they made it really welcoming. And I remember having a conversation with Moose, and he was like, you know, when when me and Haas were rookies, you know, we had some veteran guys on the team that they weren't like this. Like they made it hard on us. They made it really difficult and not a fun clubhouse. And they kind of made it a pack like, Hey, like when we become those veterans, we want to accept those rookies. We want to change the culture. And that's exactly what they did. Um, you know, cause Gordo Witt, guys like those veteran guys, I mean, they, they welcome any new guy like Moose and Haas, you know, did with us when we were rookies and stuff. So it, it, it really does help when you have guys like that in the clubhouse kind of controlling that. 
do you reach out? Do you go out of your way now to do that? Like for guys like Gutierrez, right? He just got called up a couple of games ago. Your lockers aren't that far apart, actually. So do you go out of your way to be like, try to, you know, welcome and show them the ropes and make sure that, you know, they know where they're supposed to go so that it's as easy as possible when they get up here? Yeah, for sure. I'll try to help them out. And I remember doing it with Frank just and O'Hearn. I mean, I was a rookie last year, but I, I had – you know, more time than hit when O'Hearn came up. So, you know, he would come to me with questions because, you know, we're really good friends and same thing with Frank this year and Kelvin. I mean, just try to help him out in any way we can. Um, and if they have questions or stuff like that, it's, I mean, what's cool about it, that clubhouse is everyone does that. Everyone comes up and congratulates them. Everyone's picking them up. Everyone's happy for them. Everyone's pulling for them. So it's, it makes it, it makes it a fun clubhouse. Go, you know, you mentioned Ryan O'Hearn. Obviously, for people who don't realize, you guys are really good friends. You work together a lot in the off season. How you live pretty close together? Yeah, well, we live um, about 40, 40 minutes from each other. But I ex I just moved. Like we're in the process of buying a house and selling sure. ours um, to Prosper, which is five minutes from them uh, in Frisco, because I wanted to be closer to where we work out and hit every day. Um, so now we live real close. When where did that start? Like for you guys, where did that relationship start to grow to where it is now? I mean, obviously in the off season, we know how much time you guys spend together, but where did that start for you guys where you clicked so early on and kind of became this friendship throughout the system? Well, I remember when we drafted him, um, I was like, Oh, I remember playing against him in college, competing against them. And then, um, we got to meet in spring training. Um, and we kind of just became, you know, friends then. And then we realized, Hey, we live close to each other. And one of my best friends has a hitting facility. Um, so I was hitting there, and he texted me. This was like, shoot, three or four years ago. And, you know, he texted me. He was like, hey, where are you hitting? Where are you working out and stuff? And I told him, and he started coming up and hitting with us. And it's just kind of from there. I mean, when you see someone every day in the off season, you get really close with them and stuff. So, yeah. Has it evolved beyond baseball? Do you, your families get together? Do you spend time outside of hitting, outside of practicing your fielding or whatever? Do you guys – kind of extended it beyond that now just for you know as much as you guys do see each yeah other. for sure i know we play golf all the time in the off season um we'll go out and have dinner and stuff um yeah i mean we and it'll, it'll be even more this off season because we're closer so i'm sure we'll he'll come over to the house for and some other guys for sunday football and stuff like that so yeah we're we're really close on and off the field do you guys lean on each other more in in times of you know like if ryan's going through a hitting struggle or any of the time you guys had come up or down separate from each other, have you guys leaned on each other or is it, you know, is that a relationship? I guess you lean on more if one or the other is struggling. Do you find you guys, you know, you guys leaning on each other, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, we talk, we talk all the time about probably stuff that we wouldn't talk with other guys about. I mean, I, he knows my swing really well because he sees it all off season and all year. And I know his swing really well. So, I mean, he, he'll come to me and ask, Hey, like, what are you thinking right now? Or what are, you know, what do you see in my swing? And I'll do the same thing. Like when something doesn't feel right. Um, and he's normally spot on. And, um, cause you know, in the off season we're working through different mechanic stuff, like stuff we need to clean up and stuff. And so we, and we're talking all the time. So it's like, we're really close in that aspect where, you know, we're confident we're, we're close enough where we can say, Hey, like, this is what I see in your swing, or this is, you know, what he sees in my swing. When you're looking at kind of like your career outlook now, you know, it looks like you could be in Kansas City for at least, if, if you stayed for the entirety of the contract, you'd be here for a number of years. What, you know, what do you do to kind of, like, make sure you feel connected to Kansas City, too? Obviously, living 
off season in different states pretty common. But you know what? What kind of things do you love about being around the city, generally speaking, throughout the season? And what kind of things do you just do to yourself to kind of make Kansas City feel like home for you too? Well, I always, I mean, I love Kansas City. It reminds me a lot of home, the Dallas area. Um, it's just you know a lot of good people. Um, you know, just it's it just feels really family orientated, um, and that's what we love about it. It's not it's not too big of a city or but it's not too small there's always some fun things to do overland park is kind of where we live and there's a lot of good things for kids and stuff and good families and i mean we really enjoy it and i would love love to be here as long as i can <laughs> when you um just i guess last thing i guess i didn't realize um how far back where did you meet your wife like how far back does that go because Kansas city's got to be kind of a new place to her too when you guys first started coming up here too how far back do you guys go was she there through the entire minor league process for as well yeah we were high school sweethearts oh man we uh we started dating our sophomore year sophomore year yeah you know you're a rarity i know yeah <laughs> that's it's crazy but uh yeah it just it worked out from it worked out do you feel like anybody who's willing to stick with you through you know, like the minors is tough, man. Oh yeah, tough for any kind of relationship. Did yeah. she live with you? Did you guys get to travel? Or was she in a different state while you were going through the system? Yeah, she was back home in Texas, um, and up until last year when we had. Oh man, Bodie, yeah, because um, you know in the minor leagues, I mean, we don't make anything. So she, she was working, you know, um, doing her thing back home in Texas, and she would come up about once a month and see me. Um, so yeah, it was tough. Long, long distance is tough, but, um, like I, like you said, you know, if she can, she can handle <laughs> the minor league life. Exactly. Then she's a keeper. Hunter, I really do appreciate it. Thanks so much uh, for the time and, and good luck, I guess, going the rest of the way. Yeah, I appreciate it. You're, you're listening to Tapping the Plate here on the 435 Podcast Network. Make sure to like, subscribe. We'll do these longer form interviews with some Royals players throughout the season, about once a month or so. We really appreciate Hunter joining us for the first one here. As well. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you guys later. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.